This is the Oanda Podcast. Brought to you by Jazz FM's Business Breakfast. Well, this is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast. Each week we preview and review all the big business and market stories with an Oanda Senior Market Analyst. And this week I'm delighted to say it's the turn of Ed Moyer in New York. How are you doing, Ed? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for having me, Johnny. Thanks for joining us. It's been an incredible week. I mean, the stuff of uh, every drama that you could ever imagine with the State of the Union speech and all the theatrics with that, the impeachment. And it's hard to believe that we are back at record highs yet again. Incredible. It is unbelievable. Going into the week, we had all the focus on the coronavirus, the Chinese death toll now, over 600 confirmed cases, well above 30,000. But markets are still buying stocks right now. And it started with the backdrop of the PBOC is going to deliver much more liquidity injections. They're going to be very aggressive in trying to deliver a soft landing here. And then when we take a look at what we also had on the data front, The U.S. had a tremendous economic data point week. There have been just uh, nothing but strong upside surprises across the board. And with a strong U.S. economy, expectations that stimulus is going to be there. And we did see a little bit of the easing of the coronavirus fears. You know, we have stocks right back at record highs. And I think the focus right now, it's going to be a short-term hiccup in the global economy. Uh, investors are trying to look past it already. Some are suggesting, though, that those thoughts that the virus is easing and markets should be calmer, some are suggesting they're jumping a gun a little bit. Would you agree? If you talk to any scientist... We are still in the exploratory stage where we have no idea when this virus is going to peak. We are consistently seeing roughly 20% daily increases in either the confirmed cases or the death toll. The virus is spreading, and if it does go um, into some emerging markets that don't have a strong health infrastructure, you know, we could see things get extremely ugly very fast. So I think optimism that this is just going to be a short-term hit and that China has done a good job in containing it, I think is a, a little bit premature, but on Wall Street, they just continue to uh, try to get ahead of the story. And I think that um, we are probably going to see sustained weakness, uh, not just in the first quarter, but probably going into the second. I think um, even some of the latest decisions that we've seen from businesses, Foxconn warning their staff, it looks like we're going to see that February 10th date of uh, expectation for everyone to return to work. That's going to be pushed back by um, uh, several employers. So I think there it's too early to assess the uh, overall impact Uh, until we see this virus peak. And uh, there's been a lot of optimism, too, on the expectations that, you know, some of these scientists are possibly finding some treatments. Well, the WHO has pulled back that optimism. And um, even if we do have a confirmed treatment, it's still you know, has not been tested. It will take months of testing, possibly could be a year before something is readily available to the public. So I think we we still have a a big amount of uncertainty regarding the virus. And I think a lot of this optimism, it it was combined with a much better earnings season than I think anyone anticipated. And there's just been a lot of things that just went well for the stock market this week. And uh, I think, you know, we'll probably still see volatility remain high. And I think as the Chinese growth forecast get slashed. I think if we do have Chinese growth in the first quarter um, fall to 4% or around that area or lower, it'll be hard to make that case to see uh, stocks remain this resilient. 
On the political side, though, Ed, it's been quite surreal. We've seen the State of the Union speech. That was very theatrical. Trump's acquittal. The weirdness of the Iowa caucus. How has that affected markets, if at all? When you take a look at those three big events, and the narrative right now is that it's been a tremendous week for President Trump. The Iowa caucus was a debacle in democracy. and We still don't know the result. We still don't. We know that Mayor Pete Buttigieg, or former Mayor Pete Buttigieg, and uh, Bernie Sanders had the best results. uh, They're both claiming victory at the moment, aren't they? They both are, but the outcome for President Trump is is pretty favorable. Uh, uh, President Trump is um, heavily uh, to beat uh, Bernie Sanders um, if it was him who won the nomination, um, or even uh, uh, Buttigieg. I think Buttigieg is uh, a young, up-and-coming uh, politician, uh, but uh, right now he does not poll very well for a national election. I think that President Trump will happily face either of those two candidates. And I think that the takeaway of Iowa is that Joe Biden uh, had a terrible outing. Expectations, you know, going to this was that, well, he wasn't going to do that great. But now there's a overall consensus is that if he has a poor outing in New Hampshire, he might actually be a uh, risk at having to drop out within the next month or so because he, he he's not doing well. His numbers have been just heading in one direction. And there's a concern that he's not going to be able to raise money and that uh, he's just not electable, I think. Uh, Democrats put a lot of hope in him beating Trump. Right now, it, it seems that the Democrats are going to struggle to find a, a clear leader. So still very early in the democratic process here, but uh, I think once we see all the, the candidates in place um, and uh, there is growing momentum for uh, former New York Mayor Michael Bloomberg to possibly get a, a chance uh, at the nomination. So there's there's so much uncertainty, which just spells a uh, very uh, positive picture here for Donald Trump, because if the Democrats are not united in their candidate, and uh, I, I think right now you're, you're probably going to see um, uh, Wall Street remain convinced that Trump will get reelected. And Trump's policies, you know, he's talking another round of tax cuts, more spending, more infrastructure projects. Uh, It would just be a a very bullish signal for stocks. So until we really get a handle on who that Democratic candidate is, and if it's a progressive, watch out, you'll see a little bit of a de-risking of U.S. equities. But um, it it, it, it was really a, a good week for President Trump because the Democrats had a terrible week. And then he also got acquitted, which was expected. Uh, And and then the State of the Union was more of what is made for television, as you said. Uh, It was almost like watching Oprah and just countless surprises (laughs) throughout that um, State of the Union. And um, overall, Trump Trump is uh, he he had many victory laps following these events, and he's going to highlight it possibly with the end of this week's economic data. If the U.S. labor market continues to to be strong, he'll he'll feel like he's clicking on all cylinders here. I wonder if uh, the optimism in the markets is actually partially to do with the fact that they do want another Trump presidency, because they certainly don't want Bernie Sanders in the White House. And uh, uh, Biden, uh, as you say, he's lost momentum and looks like he might not even make, uh, you know, Super Tuesday the way things are going. By the way, that seems to be what Michael Bloomberg is going for, because it's something like 40 percent of the votes come from that Super Tuesday. Can we move on to the UK now? And interesting watching the pound this week. It had an awful week, uh, the worst since the election. Markets pricing in the risk of a no trade deal. 
Very much so. I think that the honeymoon is over uh, after quite the struggle in getting Brexit done. The transition period is not going to be smooth at all. I think that uh, the negotiations are going to be Obviously, they're going to be tough, and the timelines, they just don't add up right now. I think uh, on this side of the pond, we're expecting this to have to get pushed out even further. I think 11 months is is a lot of time, but not enough to secure a free trade agreement. I think when we – the comparisons with Canada, I know you can't really – match them up. But the EU and Canada took, what, over seven years, and it was kind of two decades in the making. It seems that there's not a lot of optimism that this is going to get done. When you take a look at what is happening initially, you know, the the EU is is taking a hard approach on the UK banks, and I think it's going to probably get a lot uglier. And I think as discussions um, have some tense points, it's just going to continue to weigh on sterling. You mentioned the Canada deal, which took seven years. Of course, it's slightly different because they didn't really have this deadline looming and it wasn't as important a deal uh, for, I mean, for the UK. Um, the EU represents, what, 40% of its exports and it's very, very important uh, for the EU as well. So, you know, the old expression, needs must, etc. Of course, 11 months is a ridiculously short space of time, but Boris Johnson did manage to get the first part of the arrangement through quicker than many expected uh, just in the nick of time so maybe he's got the magic touch he, he might it's going to be a tall task and uh, I, I think you're going to see the, the the markets kind of repricing uh, a little bit of that risk so we are, you're probably going to continue to see the british pound just remain heavy until we start to see some progress on on negotiations and uh, also more importantly on improving economic data i think uh, uh the, this hit to the global growth outlook on the the, the virus fears is is something that is affecting um, Europe. And uh, I think you're probably going to see a little bit of strong demand here for the U.S. dollar. It seems that uh, the uh, overall, the playbook going into 2020 was that we were going to see the growth exceptionalism of the dollar kind of moderate. And we're going to start to see the the euro and the British pound kind of have their their, their moment to shine. And right now, it it, it seems that uh, a lot of these forecasts are getting diminished in the short term. So it looks like we're going to possibly see a stronger dollar possibly weigh on on, on that British pound as well. But I think um, as we near the summer, we'll probably see um, hopefully a rosier picture on, on many fronts. Uh, very, very much so, and and I think you're going to see all all of uh, this uh, global uncertainty is is just going to. Uh, um, Could that help the UK? I think if the EU is in a position of uh, weakness, I mean, I think when we take a look at uh, some of the data, I think there was expectations that things were starting to bottom in Europe and, and uh, you know, industrial production in Germany just this morning fell to the, the, the worst level since the financial crisis. So I think that... Uh, you know things are not looking good in the in, in the EU, and and when we take a look at their uh, the ECB's new president um, Lagarde is is not really uh, anxious to deliver uh, more easing, more stimulus. So I think that uh, the eurozone is going to kind of uh, be in a position where they're not going to get a lot of help from central banks. Uh, fiscal policies are going to be kind of uh, debated but not really enacted i think uh so um it it, it 
if, 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 if things are a little bit weaker for the EU, I think that will probably provide a little bit of leverage for, for Boris Johnson. But um, I think uh, it's, it's, it's still a little early. Uh, I think we, you know, I think the negotiations are going to get a little bit, a lot more um, in depth. And uh, I think right, right now um, this, this, this first quarter is, is just going to be, I think um, everyone is going to kind of wait and see. And uh, I think as we, as we uh, get a clearer picture, I think there are expectations that Europe is, is, is uh, a lot of people thought the bottom was already in place, but it may be, it'll take a couple more months before we see that firmly um, in place. And uh, you know, it, I think overall, Wall Street is anticipating that um, EU is going to be in in, in in a rebound mode in, in, in the second quarter, um, or definitely by the summertime. Okay, let's look ahead to uh, the next few days and the week ahead, uh, Ed. We've had some great earnings over the last few weeks. Any more to come, and what else are you looking out for? Um, well, I, I think right now when we take a look at uh, just uh, – the focus on on, on the markets, um, it, it has been earnings. This week has has really been a, a, a significant, um, uh, strong week for earnings. I, I think that uh, uh, the. The, the focus next week is going to pretty much fall on, on Jerome Powell. He'll deliver his semi-annual monetary policy report to Congress. I think everyone is going to want more clarity on, well, how what, what's the deal with this the balance sheet? What, what about you know, repo facility? What uh, you know the, the risks of this virus? It seems that they've, they've eased a little bit. Um, does this change any of uh, the Fed's stances? Um, I think you're going to see it be heavily focused on that, um, on Earnings season uh, next week, you're going to have uh, some giants. You're going to have Alibaba. You're going to have Cisco. I think uh, uh, Toshiba as well. So you'll get some um, companies with updates. Um, and I, I think uh, a lot of people are going to focus a lot on on Toshiba and Cisco's updates because they are going to be able to kind of relay, you know, how are their um, forecasts going to be changed by disruptions in China, China's uh, uh, manufacturing and, and, and chip production. So I think that's going to be a, a closely watched one. Um, and then um, also, too, uh, in the UK, I think uh, uh, the prime minister is going to reshuffle some of his senior ministers. So looking to see what appointments happen there. And uh, I, I think the uh, other wild card for me is, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're going to see uh, the focus kind of come back to Iran. I think uh, uh, there, there's a, an important uh uh, security conference where you'll have uh, representatives from the U.S. and Iran um, attend, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll see. Uh, are we going to see more conciliatory tones, or is is it, are are we just going to have a, a return of uh, the the heightened tensions um, from from uh, the two big players there? So I think I think there's there's a lot next week. Um, you know, you also have that Irish election as well. So there's just so much happening. Um, but I, I think uh, you're, you're probably going to see um, um, the focus heavily remain on the virus. If we don't see a slowdown in this pace, and if we do see outbreaks outside of China uh, and in some of the uh, emerging uh, countries, I think you're going to probably see uh, that uh, deliver a little blow to this uh, risk on mood that we're, we're seeing. Okay, Ed Moyer in New York. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you.
was the Oanda podcast from the team behind Jazz FM's Business Breakfast, a daily early morning 30-minute briefing for the day ahead. On air from 6am, listen to Jazz FM on DAB, online or just ask Alexa.